0: Sentire Media. Good morning. Here we go. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. My name is Jason. I'm joined by my wife, Ashley. Good morning.
1: Good morning. It
0: is, it is 5.45 in the morning. I have been properly caffeinated. I've been up for 45 minutes. And the sun is starting to crest over Monte Ruperto. Rustino is crowing, and we are ready to go on a beautiful Monday morning
1: here in Piovico, Italia. It cracks me up that we take Rustino's name and we make it half Italian, half English. <laughs> Rustino, I love it. He is doodle in the morning away, and it's going to be a beautiful morning. So last night
0: was Sunday night. We uh, The kitchen's closed on Sunday, so I got to bed before 10,
1: which means that I'm up early and oh, ready yes. to go. Let's tell them what we did yesterday. If you guys didn't check out... Um, our facebook page if you're
0: right <laughs> but i haven't said i have to finish setting up the podcast
1: oh i'm sorry so together we run own
0: and operate la tavola marche and Agatrismo cooking school in the heart of central italy in a little town called piobico where we live happily a very simple life in the middle of nowhere <laughs> and once in a while we fire up the microphones uh, dial in the sound with the potentiometers and <laughs> tell you what's going on in our life here
1: Nerd alert! I love it.
0: Well, I was jumping right on in. We're jumping in. Big week. Lots going on. It's all all happening. It is all happening. It's all happening this week. Let's see what happened. The pool finally is filled
1: with water and... um, Okay, so, yeah, little... Take them back. For those who missed last week's podcast, uh, we let you in on the disastrous pool. (laughs) It's uh, someone, I guess was just telling us such a perfect phrase. You always want a friend with a pool. Like you don't want a pool. You want a friend with a pool. It's a pain in the tuckus. You just, there's always something to do. And of course this time we took off the, uh, we were ready to go early, took off the cover, filled it up and found one hole that just kept getting bigger, a rip, a rip and then another rip. And And it just started falling apart. So, um. For the last about two weeks, uh, Fushiani, our landlord, jumped on it, and someone came out about two weeks ago and ripped out the liner, which we thought, oh, hot damn. We got work moving on this thing. This is great before the before June 1st and the first family arrives. Oh, great. The pool's, it's, we could be on track. Nope, it sat like that
0: for... forever. Well, what I find very funny is that these, um, these con- subcontractor guys, like whether it's the mor- moratorium, the um, Mason the min- Mason, uh, or it's the pool guy, they will come all the way out. Now we live six kilometers down a bumpy dirt road. It is not close to town or where these guys live, even though they're just a couple towns over. But they come all the way out here, do ninety minutes of work, and we're so excited, and then, we're
1: so leave. Excited. We're and so then excited. leave.
0: And it's like, guys, why don't you do the job? Just They'll, stay here the day, do the job, and never have to come back here again. They're just going to
1: unload. They're, they're just, just going to p- unload today, and then come back. Ooh, it would be so confusing because we'd see them pull up, and we thought, yes, the guys are here. We're getting work done. The ball's rolling, and we'd see them unload cement and bag after bag. And here comes the cement mixer. Okay, they're talking logistics, then they, and now they drive away. What the no, hell? No,
0: no, you forgot about walking around the pool, scratching their butts, smoking cigarettes, and talking to each other, pointing at things. True, and, and, and then, then walking driving away. away. <laughs> So that and then it's like
1: when are they coming back? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. It's Magari.
0: Tomorrow. Magari. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. You know. So um I feel like a battered husband because I'm not gonna I keep on believing it's not gonna be like them all, all them other times uh, <laughs> that you say that you're coming back. And uh <laughs> But (laughs) in the end, I mean, in the end, it all works out. It never happens on the timeline that anyone says. It's a giant cluster F.
1: Well, and it's good to know sometimes for other foreigners out there who might be listening to this who live in Italy um, or abroad. That locals can get, I don't want to say screwed over too, but um, they, deal with the, they have to deal with the bullshit just like everyone else. So even Fushiani, being local, having some clout and swing, had to ride these workers.
0: Yeah, they didn't, the, the Mason guy didn't do his job right. You know, there was, we, since we're tearing up the pool, we did a little work a little maintenance work exactly and And they just didn't do it correctly they didn't do it
1: up to par so he had that i don't know what he said to them but those guys were back at our house on a holiday at six in the morning on a holiday that was crazy (laughs) we were
0: shocked we were like what did he say now i guess this is true for anyone who does kind of um improvements or construction or works with these guys true i don't i don't get it i guess it always it always goes back to me to the movie the money pit we pulled your number exactly (laughs) Um, but here's a, here's something, if you were a subcontractor or work in the trades and you are reliable and honest, wow, you could do a killing because I would hire you every time if you showed up when you, Hey, I'll be back tomorrow at eight and you show up tomorrow at eight. Holy crap.
1: Great. And let's just get the job done. Like one of the evenings of work, they had worked all day, these guys, and they had left the tiniest bit of cement, yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> like a strip, just a tiny, they'd done that. 99% of the work left a little strip of cement to It was, it was to six do. o'clock, we're out. And I was like, well, what about that? And they said, we're coming back tomorrow for it. And it was like, oh my God. Of my, course they, it was not tomorrow no, that they came
0: my back. My favorite part of this whole thing is the guy pours new cement because uh, there was cracks in the, in the the uh, around the pool and stuff. Just normal, you know, it's a pool. Yeah, just a little and- maintenance, like you said. Guy steps in his own work and leaves it. <laughs> so big foot, big boot. boot heel print in his own work. Brilliant, brilliant. Oh my you gosh. can't, you can't write that. Can't write no, no.
1: So it, well, anyway, <laughs> it ha- the pool's in two weeks late. Just it just <laughs> should make you guys realize this happens to everyone everywhere in the world. It did know. make
0: me feel better that even someone like Foose, who you, like you said has pull, can't. I mean, it gets done – and for Italy, this was quick. True, true. A month from the time we started – work on
1: holidays and Sundays. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: From the time we started having guys out here till the time it was done, it was a month, which – not a month (laughs) of work. Just the time elapsed was a month. (laughs) Honestly, they could have done this in two days. And it felt speedy. Oh, my gosh. So the pool's in. The flowers are in. The garden is – right now we're eating – Carr- or carrots. Sorry, we're eating lettuces. We're eating radishes. radishes. We're eating fava beans, garlic. What else? What's going on with the fava? It just didn't do well. We had the freeze. They flowered, and then we had that freeze, and all, mm. and their first flower, their first flowering died, and then they just didn't. weren't very. They happy. didn't take. No.
1: Well, they took, but yeah, they just weren't happy.
0: <sighs> Summer vegetables are starting to show up. The uh, I had one of the first peaches the other day. Oh, God, were- is addicted to zapping. Yeah, we hoe everything. The garden looks really good right now. Um, It's
1: the beginning of the summer, so... He tries to also passively... Hold on. Sorry to interrupt, but um, with the zapping, I was trying to get you to (laughs) to tell how he um, seems to, I don't know, subconsciously or just absolutely purposely bury the... um, Special heirloom tomatoes from Carolyn. Since he doesn't really care about those. No, yeah. Well, when he hoes the garden, we hoe up the
0: the rows of tomatoes so they have a little bit more. Um, we pull up the dirt around the base of the tomatoes so so that they have a little bit more um, stability. Stability. Um, Gaji does this to all of them, whether they are babies or not, and buries the damn potato <laughs> tomato plants. And I have to go back behind him and kind of dig around them so that they're poor, at least the poor tops of the freaking tomatoes are above the soil.
1: I thought Jason was just being dramatic. and then, well, I was down there with him and he was like, check these out. You, two, There was two or three of them. You could barely even see that there was even a plant there. It was like, oh
0: my God, Gaji. Um, Gaji, though, has talked a lot more this year about mortality. He also has talked, uh, keeps mentioning that he's let me do the garden a lot more like... Years previously, I could water and plant stuff and pull weeds. But any of the, like... Uh, like No type, touching. No touching, yeah. <laughs> this year, I'm doing most of it. And he keeps referencing, you know, next year, what are you going to do when I'm not around here? Next year, next year. And because um, this is our last year at Kakamone. So it's, um, I don't know. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. He never talks about mortality. He never talks about...
1: Uh, well, no, he feelings, no I feelings. feelings. i was feelings. just gonna say feelings. Yeah, he's not a. He's a robot. He's not no. a feelings guy. No, <laughs> he's
0: not a feelings guy. Um, so that's it's it's summertime. The nights are warm. Fireflies. Mm-hmm. Fireflies
1: are out. were out last night. It was just beautiful. It is. It was a slow burn to get here, but it is starting to really feel like summer. And like Jason said, the house looks great. The garden looks fantastic. Guests are happy now, especially with the pool. And it's feeling good. Absolutely. We also got a very special delivery of a big order on Friday. Yeah, so this was
0: a big week. Um, well, well, we got a big order on Friday. We had we have new internet. Can we let's should we oh. talk about inter- can I <laughs> sure, internet? can I'm sure are gonna looking-
1: <laughs> so fast forward this part. Folks. Oh
0: my god, internet is the bane of my existence. It's just a pain in the butt. Everyone bugs me about it. it um,
1: the Wi-Fi doesn't work. <laughs> it, it, it,
0: it. We have a satellite. It cuts out all the time. It's slow in the evenings because it, everyone, you know, not everyone here. But in general, people are on it in the evening, so it slows way down. So they finally – the Wi-Fi company – or not, sorry. The satellite company offers this hotspot now, which we put – thank God. So now everyone can be on at the same time, whether we have five people here or 40 people here. And I just have to figure out a place to put it because here's the problem now. I'm the one who pays for it, but – where the stupid little Wi-Fi hotspot is, we don't get internet out in our place, <laughs> which is, makes it difficult to run a business. Yes. on the online. Um, so I got to figure out where I can do that, and I'm not an I'm not a technical guy oh, in, the, in like computer technical. I really am into. Like fixing stuff and and like, I can hit stuff. the reset button. But I can uh... hit the reset button and I could go Google it. But as far as understanding how to get two Wi-Fi routers to talk to each other and not drop the signal and make one. DHCP, you know, different from the other. Ugh, forget it. I don't. And the thing is, I don't care. Like I don't want to <laughs> wear this stuff. No. So I got to bury. I think I have to bury fifty meters of internet cord today. To I say we wait till your back.
1: brother gets here and oh, have him do yeah, that. Yeah, that's
0: gonna really happen. He's really gonna help me run no run uh ethernet cable He'll watch you do it no <laughs> so that's what's going that arrived and everyone likes it because it's it's much easier now to log on for the guests and we don't have to hit the reset button 400 times a day but the down we part is we just don't have internet we just don't have internet on, uh, all right sorry about that little ba- dead batteries in the old tascam dr40 so I'm glad i caught it when i did um yeah okay so no uh no no internet out in our place no but the real big news. Two steps forward, one step back. There you go. <laughs> the real big news this week was Friday. A much anticipated palette from Belgium came, and this is uh, something that we've I've been thinking about and researching um, for since the autumn, last autumn, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we got a, we got my first set of cookware. Um, Pots and pans. Now, I know you're like, well, pots and pans, good <laughs> for you. What do you freaking do? <laughs> but this is a big deal for me because um, I've, I've really tried to get into getting rid of all the junk. Uh, we've organized. We, we, I stopped buying crappy tools. I stopped buying crappy – just crap because I find that when you buy these cheap whatever it is, it doesn't last. So – after buying the same frying pan for the third time because it warped on the bottom, it was like enough's enough. I need real tools in the kitchen. I have all these nice screwdrivers and crap, and all I am is a thick, like a home hobby weekend warrior <laughs> guy. And the thing that I – what I am a professional at, the tools that I do use to make money with are all hand-me-downs or restaurant supply you know, pan, pots and pans or uh, wedding gifts. Mm-hmm. So just a
1: hodgepodge. Just a
0: hodgepodge of stuff. So this, I uh, started doing some research into cookware, and it turns out that there is a ton of different brands and information, and blah 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 blah. And we finally settled on one company called Falk F A L K out of Belgium, and they make copper, um, copper and stainless steel pots and pans that are absolutely gorgeous. They're gorgeous. Gorgeous. They are. And they came on Friday, and it was like Christmas in June.
1: It was. We did a live Facebook on Sunday. So today's Monday. If you um, check out our Facebook page uh, for La Tabla Marque or Ashley Bartner, you'll see our uh, super cheesy and very excited unboxing, if you will. And it was to have just huge boxes full of beautiful pots, pans, and that are handmade and just the craftsmanship of these of this cookware is spectacular, not to mention the sheer weight of each dish so a couple of
0: things I learned that were interesting when I was doing all this research, and I researched you know just oh my God. pots and pans he in general researched. and then all the different brands in Europe and in the states is one, metal costs money. It's not like a cell phone where it costs hardly anything to produce, but it's all in the research and development and technology. And then once the new iPhone comes out, the old iPhone is, you know, 200 bucks. No, no, no. When you're buying metal, metal costs money. So Mm -hmm. the more metal you have, the more there's no free lunches when you're talking about. high high and stainless steel and copper. So the more the thicker the pan was, the more expensive it was. And there's a lot of marketing mumbo jumbo crap out there about why a certain company's thinner pans will conduct heat better and blah blah blah. I from my research I found that not to be true. I found it to be the thicker the better and of course different metals conduct heat in different ways. Um, Falk was the thickest overall, meaning it had the base and the sides were the same thickness, whereas some of the other, um, more professional brands had a thick bottom, uh, two and a 2.5 millimeter bottom, but the sides were real thin. Um, Falk also has a lifetime guarantee. Um, they'll resurface the pans if they, if they start really looking bad. The c- part about the copper, I'm not, I'm, first of all, I think copper's gorgeous, um, <laughs> And reading up on it, there's three ways you can keep the pans. You can let never shine them, never touch them, just wash them, um, and they'll patina or kind of get that spotty, greeny, you know, coppery look to them. You can pol- you can wipe them down every once in a while, and they'll have kind of a dull, spotty look to them. Or you can really keep them. You can really polish them up on a schedule, and they will shine like they do right now. So I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know if I'm going to let them go. Just let them go and look like pots and pans or if I'm willing to spend the time. I don't know what it's like to live with them. We just got them. We haven't even seasoned them yet. No. Um. I'm just
1: glad these ones have a finish that – on the copper that is kind of like a brushed finish. So it doesn't show all the fingerprints quite the same and it doesn't mean you would have to do that like crazy shine no to make sure they look like you kind of can um give them the good wipe down and clean them properly when you use them but it's not like remember for years you were you didn't want to get copper because you're like oh my god the care and just every because i was because
0: i was ignorant i really Mm -hmm. didn't know i really didn't do i'm ignorant that's ignorance (laughs) um i didn't do the research into it and um yes there is more maintenance but here's what i found also There's maintenance with every tool. Anything you have, whether it's a knife or a saw or a car or a whatever. Camera. camera, All these things that are nice that are supposed to last need to be maintained. It's a part of life. It's what – so how much maintenance? How how long is it going – how do they really conduct the heat better? Do – Do I need less heat because of the thicker metal so it will hold it on, like kind of like a wood oven kind of? Like it it just kind of takes the heat and distributes it? We'll see. I'm very excited to live with them. I'm super pumped to have them. I've never had a set. I've cooked – since I've been in the kitchen since I've been 16 years old, <laughs> I've never had a set of pots and pans. So I'm super and like, excited. like the full set. A full set. Check them out. Falk, F-A-L-K. Um,
1: They're in the – yeah, they've got a bunch of sites. Just Google them and we'll put a link on the blog as well. But um, depending on where you are in the world listening to this, they've got like their U.S., Belgium, UK, whatever. UK, Sweden, yeah. whatever.
0: Um, and if you are, int- if you are um, looking to get pots and pans and you want um, – a chance to cook with them. What you can you come and
1: take a cooking class and oh, try them here. That's true. You can come and try them
0: <laughs> here. Um, no, but uh, what I was saying is going to say is I did a ton of research into pots and pans. So if you are in the game and looking to get a new set or and have questions, and and uh, let my hours in front of uh, in front of the internet with my eyes crossed um, be your advantage, and and uh, I'd love to give you my opinion on why I chose Falk, why uh, what my opinion. Wh- Versus the other high-end brands. And just like any other tool, guys, they're not cheap. I mean, here's the thing. I bought the same frying pan, like I said before, three times in a row. I spent 60 or 80 euros. So if you do 80 euros times four or times three – that 's more than the pan the the original frying pan would cost in the, in you know in the, mm-hmm. buying fu- the co- copper like quality. The quality one one time mm-hmm. so hopefully I am done buying pots and pans for the rest of my life basta basta enough i 'm really excited.
2: it like- sure
1: looks beautiful we they're so gorgeous that this maybe is cheesy, but we redecorated the <laughs> kitchen <laughs> we took everything off the shelves we'll keep it the uh, in the kitchen we have a huge um wooden shelf that our buddy Craig built us that just fits right in against the wall. And normally it's filled with a mix match of some things. And of course all of our, um, Produce and things from the garden, but we took all the extra kind of tchotchkes off and put the pots in pans,
0: and it looks gorgeous. I know. We need an island, a center island with a, <sighs> with a pot
1: rack above. Mm-hmm. That's what it really, really needs. I Seriously, Gaji he was here, and he makes fun of everything, and he's not really a fan of the Belgiums in general, but he picked up the pan and was like, Oh shit. Ragazzi, This is, this is nice. This is nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, when you get gotcha seal
0: approval, that's, yeah, that's a, a, a tough, hard one. A he's tough a tough, tough sale. Yeah. He is a tough sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming up this week, we've got families in and out of here, uh, coming and going. Uh, my brother, old fat Zach comes on Thursday. Uh, his, no, he comes on Friday.
1: His mm-hmm. playing; moves on Thursday. He'll be with us for, uh, for the next for next weekend. Um, thanks to podcast listeners for writing and requesting an interview with uh, Fat Zach, Jason's brother. We will definitely be doing a podcast <laughs> interview. Now, why, why I call him Fat Zach um, is
0: because I, for growing up, I was always the fat brother. I was always the chubby one. And in the last couple of years, or in the last year, that has switched. Zach's put on a couple of pounds, and I've lost a couple of pounds. So I've passed the torch, and he is now the fat brother, which... He does not like that no. at all. No, he doesn't. So, um, which I love. I absolutely love it. I think it's great. I think it's great.
1: They've got a lovely banter between the two of them. <laughs> Send us your burning questions for Jason's brother. Um, um, make them awkward, and his <laughs> gonna, answers will definitely be honest. Now you guys,
0: <laughs> you guys are the are the uh, bell ringers. You guys who listen to the podcast are the the you know you're the um, early adopters. Whatever the word is, Zach is the opposite of that. <clears throat> Zach's the person where you're like, hmm, I'm feeling a little bit uh, feeling a little big for my britches today. Let me let me ask Zach what he thinks of of what we're doing out here. It's so true. Oh my, God. he always God. brings us down. Yeah. He keeps, keeps us
1: grounded. Keeps us grounded. Keeps, keeps us grounded. Per- per- or pulls us down. <laughs> Either way. Oh my God. It is. It's so funny with our siblings. Zach said he would never listen to the podcast because he talks to Jason enough. My sister does listen, but um, is very wary to admit it at times, I think. <laughs> but it's funny the siblings so we will definitely have to fire up the mics with zach sit outside and get his two cents on um his favorite letoffel marking moments i think (laughs) (laughs) like make it really cheesy and awkward what do you love
0: most about us Zach? exactly and he'll come up with something hysterical and really i don't know he's It'll go, be fun. He, he doesn't pull pun. He goes. He goes yeah, jugular. Exactly. Anyway, that's coming up next week. So I'm or this week. So we're excited about that. The
1: grass is. I'm looking out the window. The grass is growing like crazy already. I mean. We got tons of plans with his brother too. So hopefully we'll get them all in. We we're going to try to go visit La Sena. Check out our buddy um, has invited us to come early and watch Porqueta being prepared. Yeah. In Fano, uh, or not Fano, but. Between here and whatever, I want to go sky.
0: Oh yeah! I want to go skydiving in Fano. There's every during the summer they do skydiving, and we're always busy and working. And it's something I've always wanted to do. And since we cleared the calendar for old Fat Zach, and and no one will be here for that for a few days, I want to go try to do that. It makes me super excited and totally freaked out. But yeah, if the chute doesn't open, you don't have anything to worry about.
1: Oh my god! I guess not. You won't remember it. So should we keep it a short one today and I'll read a bit of the, uh, the book. Yeah. I got to get down to the garden. It's, it's go time. It's going to be a well, hot one. That's what I was going to say. This is now the season where it's like, get your work done early because it gets hot in that middle of the sun. All right. Well then bring us home and, um, you will read another chapter of your book. Yeah. Sounds good. Thanks so much for listening. Everyone. You can find us at dot L A T A V O L A M A R C H E. Come and visit us this summer or fall for maybe our pickle preserving confit workshop at the end of August and early September. Learn to preserve the fruits of your labor all year long. Uh, And we'll be obviously cooking in these gorgeous copper pots.
0: And also if you want to, if you are thinking of relocating or or ever curious about moving to Italy, living the good, (laughs) la Dolce Vita. (laughs) Ah, yes. Oh yes. It's, it's very easy. No, not very difficult at all. Um, we are, we do. We have two th- spots. We have two spots left in our consulting workshop. I have no idea. Where it's it
1: October is. 20th to 24th. <laughs> and you can find all the details on the website as well. Um, or shoot us an email info at Latav Follow us on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, and yes, the. Four night consulting workshop is a crash course. Answer all your burning questions. Um, really honest, very fun, very inspiring, we hope, an educational look at uh, moving to Italy and starting a business.
0: All right. Very good. All right.
1: Monday Stay tuned morning. for the book. Let's go. It's let's you, go. you don't sound very pumped. You started this rare and to go, and I feel like the motor has dialed down. You mean this morning? Mm-hmm.
0: No, I'm I'm properly caffeinated. I'm going down to the garden as soon as I shut, hit this button.
1: All right, all right, let's all do right. it.
0: Very good. From the foothills of the beautiful Peony Mountains, overlooking, looking down, da- looking up to Monte Riperto. What other cheesy tagline can I add?
1: Under the marquee moon. <laughs> I
0: don't know. <laughs> it's a new moon, right? Now. Is it, it is. I don't know. I didn't see the moon. Me last neither. Night. Whatever. We we'll gotta go. We'll see you guys next week. Ciao, Ash- Ashley's gonna do her her book. Don't go anywhere.
1: All right. Continuation of the unpublished, unnamed, unfinished book, (laughs) a summary of chapter seven, a clean kitchen. Remember before I start this, just as a a disclaimer, I haven't read this since I'm reading it aloud. I haven't read this in years since I'm reading it aloud right now. So bear with me. All right. Thanks for listening. Chapter seven, a clean kitchen. Fushiani prescribes red wine for head colds as a perfect way to stab off the cold. And since Jason, a.k.a. the heat Nazi, won't let us turn the thermostat up past 15 degrees Celsius, we're thankful for the Barolo. Gripped with fear that we'll have to shell out another 900 euros for GPL, or gas, Jason continuously monitors the reading of the meter and goes so far as to shut off the heat at night. "'Guys, what's going on? "'I had the tank filled, and we've gone through 30%. "'It just doesn't add up. "'We're plowing through gas. "'Have you been turning up the thermostat?' "'In unison, we shake our heads no "'as if we've just been scolded by Dad. "'We're freezing right now, and I'm barely turning it on. "'There must be a leak or something. "'Otherwise, we'll never be able to afford to heat this house,' "'Jason said one morning, "'filling up a spray bottle with soapy water "'and a look of determination. "'What you doing?' I asked. "'I'm going to find where it's leaking.' The soap will bubble where the gas passes through. Bubbles, bubbles, bubbles. It could have been a goddamn carnival. When Jason called the gas man, he replied sarcastically, yeah, it was like that two years ago. The worst part is three years later, we discovered not only that was the heating system blocked with calcium, the thermostats were just for show. They weren't even hooked up. All day long, we'd scrub walls and tile floors with buckets of hot water and ammonia covering every square inch of An ice-cold house. We kill bugs, inhabiting every freaking window by the hundreds. Dust and vacuum, haul garbage, and run up and down the stairs a million times doing so. It was early February, and we didn't have any guests booked yet. But we want to get the house ready, systematically cleaning each and every apartment from top to bottom. Armed with boar-bristle wood-handled scrubber brushes, the three of us tackled the stone walls of this farmhouse kitchen with more water and ammonia. As we scrubbed from top to bottom, using all the elbow grease we could muster to clean what felt like 15 years of soot sitting on the stone, the walls literally bled mud. "'Are we making one of this worse?' one of us asked, to no one in particular." but we didn't want to stop until all the exposed stone in the kitchen and entry were clean and smooth to the touch. So we cranked up the classic rock and pressed on. Thank God the floors are tile on this, or this would have been a mess. Megan said, Hey sis, how are your hands doing with all this ammonia? I don't want to be hurting you. Are your hands cracking? No, I was honestly a little worried too, but look, she peeled off her gloves and showed me her soft supple hands, something that of a rarity for her. Even in Seattle, Megan battled with dry cracked fingers all year long, but especially it's normal. It's a, but it's a, but especially it's normally worse in winter. Horrible. <laughs> Crazy. Remembering back to when my little sister used to sleep with socks over her hands taped to her wrists so she wouldn't scratch her angry irritated skin. I know. It's the water. I'm sure of it, she went on. I'm actually able to stand under the shadower. you have no idea what a big deal that is. I started to cry because it's been so long. Normally, well, you know, I have to do this splash bath or use olive oil. It sucks. That's my life, Megan said, half joking, half resigned to it. Well, I'm just glad to know you're actually bathing. Jason flips her shit as he walks out the door to dump a bucket of water. I can't help but crack up. I think he's hysterical. After a hard day's work, the kitchen finally felt clean and stones spotless. Now I feel like my kitchen is ready, Jason proclaimed. We were all exhausted but proud of what we had gotten done. Megan lit the fire as I ran to gather more wood and Jason started making dinner it's too bad. We even have to light this. It smells so good and clean in here. We barely spoke at dinner, hypnotized by the flames, licking the pine and spitting back at us with aching bodies. We climbed up the stairs and fell asleep knowing that one big project was checked off the list. I smell smoke 3am and groggy. I'm not sure if it's a dream, but Jason just shot out of bed Go back to sleep. Our clothes and sheets all smell like smoke because I have to dry them next to the fire, I say. Two seconds later, I smelled it, too. We threw on our slippers and ran down the stairs, scared to death as to what we would discover in the kitchen. How could the smoke make it all the way up three flights of stairs, I wonder, each step, thinking, Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. We turn the corner into the kitchen in tandem. What the hell? Thankfully, the kitchen didn't catch on fire, but that night we discovered that if the wind changes gusting from the west, in an old house without a flue. That means disaster. The wind pushed all the smoke, ash, and soot back down the chimney, keeping just a few embers burning and creating a smoke storm so thick it looked like a barn fire. Once we opened all the doors and windows, the smoke quickly escaped and Jason extinguished the tiny flame. We looked around our freshly cleaned kitchen and it was covered in a quarter inch of soot. Awesome. I ran my finger along the flat river rock that creates our walls it felt gritty and grimy oh come on and we begrudgingly trudged back up the stairs after jason extinguished the tiny flame still kept alive by the 50 kilometer wind gusts outside somehow my sister slept through all of this commotion the next morning we poured our cappuccinos and we tested the fireplace to see which way the wind was coming still gusting from the west no fire today Felt like the very last thing on earth any of us wanted to do right now. But then we pulled on our gloves and reached for the boar-haired bristle scrubber brushes. About a week later, after exchanging pleasantries with a newfound friend outside of the pharmacy... You know the way country folk do, which I love, by the way... Conversation turned to the work we had been doing at the house. Scrubbing the walls, the drafty fireplace, etc. But the nice gentleman stopped us before we could go further. "'Rugazzi, why are you scrubbing the stone?' There is a very simple product that can be found at any hardware store. No need for water and ammonia. Wipe the wall with a damp cloth and let it dry. Then with a paintbrush, lightly coat the stones with the product. It seals them. Really very simple. Are you freaking kidding me? (laughs) Chapter 8. Welcome to the neighborhood. What's more neighborly than bringing over some baked goods to to introduce yourself? Jason and Megan, a damn good baker, began baking pies for all our neighbors as a nice way to introduce ourselves. But it seems that everyone already knows gli americani the Americans. We changed my family's old Oklahoma pie crust recipe from Crisco to strudo, or lard, when we realized there's no vegetable shortening for cooking. Jason happily began baking and cooking with lard, declaring with glee, "'I could never do this in New York!' I suggest that for the sake of quality control, we must sample a pie to make sure it doesn't have any faint taste of pork fat before we serve them to the neighbors. After the three of us inhale an apple pie, we concur, no pork flavor, pure flaky deliciousness. With the smell of cinnamon and apple pie heavy in the air, the production line commences. Crusts being rolled out, apples are peeled, seeded and cored, ready for the rotation of pie plates in and out of the oven. Delivering the apple pies door-to-door to all four neighbors living along our road, we met a myriad of characters. Our first stop is to the little old couple we've been seen, outs- we've seen outside, tending to their immaculate garden and about four kilometers down the road. Each time we pass, our welcoming waves are exchanged with death stares. So what better place to begin? With a rap on the door, it creaks open. In the entry is a hunched-over woman who looks to be in her 90s, wrapped in a classic housecoat that all the grannies wear. She's silent, and so are we. It seems like forever, but it was more like two seconds. Thankfully, Jason blurts out, Ciao! We're your neighbors! We made a pie for you! With a huge smile, she looks at us like we're a stranger danger. Perhaps he said it wrong, so I repeat exactly what he said, but with a little more pizzazz. Ciao! We're your neighbors! We made a pie for you! No, grazie, she replies with a look of horror, as if we got, <laughs> as if we get our kicks driving around, handing out homemade confections with, laced with arsenic to old ladies. We press on. We are your new neighbors. We live at Cacamone, about four kilometers further. Più avanti. I've never been that far down the road. My, never, <laughs> she replies. Naively, Jason kindly asks, oh, are you new here, too? Ready to close the door in our faces, she barks, no, I've lived in this house my entire life. Luckily, at that moment, her husband arrives and has heard most of the conversation. Si, 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 kakamone, he confirms it exists. Thank God he's more worldly and decided to take a right out their driveway one day. Weren't you curious where the road leads, I wanted to ask? <laughs> a few more minutes of conversation and they were no longer afraid and we, that we were there to kidnap or poison them. "'We try again to offer the pie, almost shoving it in their hands. "'I say, "'Un torta me americana, un regalo, a gift.' "'Oh, no, we couldn't accept. "'There are only two of us. "'What could we do with all this food?' the lady says. "'Jason, Megan, and I look at each other. "'My God, this is a hard one to crack. "'I've never had to work so much to give away a pie. "'I'm damn near ready to take it home and eat it myself.' Just as we're ready to leave, the husband counters. Thank you. We can share with our daughter and her family across the street. At that, the little old lady spins on her heels and waddles out of sight. He goes on to explain that their daughter lives across the road in the house with the honey sign with her husband and their two daughters and father-in-law. Our eyes widen at the thought. Wow. That's a lot of family within 50 feet. I guess they must really like each other. His wife returns with fists full of eggs and thrust them towards us. Take them, she says. They are our eggs from our chickens. Make a beautiful frittata or pasta. We thank them and climb back into our car. I can't help but think how much she reminded me of the little old lady and the wedding singer that pays Adam Sandler for music lessons with meatballs and tells them, I want to watch you eat them. I share my comparison with Jason and Megan and on our... Way to the next victim's house, and from that moment on, she was known as Meatballs. Our next stop was at a little farm known as Il Mulino, the Mill. It's just past our house, another two kilometers further down the road. The driveway was full of '80s Fiat Panda four by fours, a sure sign of a retired old men. We joke that they must give you the keys to a thirty-year-old panda when you turn sixty in Italy. <laughs> It's like your AARP card. <laughs> they did not disappoint. Upon arrival, a muscular German short haired pointer barreled towards us, followed by yells of Tom, Tom, Viniqui, come here. Four men in their 60s, wearing head to toe typical hunting attire, appeared curious to see what the commotion was all about. Not knowing who lived here, we started our shtick again to the general crowd. Ciao, we are your new neighbors. We live at Kakamone. We made a pie for you. Jason beamed once again. This time they understood. Maybe not exactly who we were or what we were talking about, but it was clear the food was for them. The shortest one started ribbing his friend. It's an odd feeling being in a conversation where I'm only processing about 20% at best. I got the gist though. Something about he's fat enough. Look at that belly. I'll never see a piece well, it ends up the one with the belly, white-haired and sky-blue eyes is a cousin of Fushiani. Go figure. So he knew exactly who we were. Hell, he probably knew how much we were overpaying in rent too. Basilio he said with a smile offering his hand out to shake, the pleasure is mine. So you are the Americans. Thank you for the cake. On a side note, pie does not exist in Italy. Sure, they have cakes and tarts, but not a proper flaky, crusted pie filled with fruit or pecans a la mode kind of pie. And I should know. I'm a pie girl. So much so that in lieu of a god-awful, tacky, inedible monstrosity of a wedding cake, Jason and I served homemade cherry pumpkin pecan and berry pies at our wedding. It ends up half the lot of them are doctors of some sort. Honestly, as fast as Basilio was making the introductions, by the time he said their occupation, I had forgotten their name. Basilio is a professor of orthodontistry. The small guy chain-smoking and busting chops is a cardiologist, who would later become our adopted papa. And the other, a quieter one, is a general practitioner. Two others are retired and live down the road. They ask us questions at a mile a minute. We just smile and nod. The cardiologist never took his eyes off us, completely enamored by the thought of young Americans living all alone at Kakamone. Que coraggio! What courage, she said, gnawing on a cigarette like a character from an old Western. Basilio, sh- Basilio showed us around his garden as we pieced together bits of who was related to who and where everyone lived. This is just my country house. I live in a Pecchio, Basilio explained, how they work on this little garden together, sharing the labor and the harvest. In the winter when the garden rests, they hunt together. If you ever need wood, my pile is near the road. Help yourself. I never use it, Basilio said, while showing us the greenhouse. Little did he know the wood said, <laughs> the wood bandits had <clears throat> excuse me. Little did he know the wood bandits had already struck. <laughs> As he talked, every so often he would reach down and cut a head of cabbage or the cardiologist would dig out a few carrots, placing them in a wicker basket. Back at the car, Basilio handed us the basket of fresh-picked protost and said, per voi, For you. Grazie, we said in unison. Amazed at the beautiful gift. Making our way along the road, meeting neighbors and handing out pies, a bounty of gifts were bestowed upon us, from honey, eggs and vegetables, to a shot For a fresh shot deer's leg, Jason's got big plans for the venison and proclaims, Amazing! This deer was literally frolicking in the fields surrounding this house yesterday, and it will be dinner tonight. Now that's what I call from field to fork. Our last dinner, our last delivery was to the house closest to the main road. We've seen the lights on and kids' toys strewn about the yard and the big fat yellow lab that guards the family inside. The iron gate is left open, and we step around the ferocious sleeping lab, kicking the child-sized soccer ball into the goal. Jason throws his arms in the air like he just won the World Cup. The keys were left in the door, and there is a ruckus of noise inside. I try the bell and knock again, and we can hear someone yell, Vianney, Vianney, come, come. The feeling of family smacks you right in the face. There in the middle of the warm, cozy living room is Giancarlo Moki in his late 30s, with a wild mop of he- <laughs> Sorry. There in, his middle, there in the middle of the warm, cozy living room is Giancarlo Moki. In his late 30s, with wild mop-headed curls, dark-weathered skin, and big brown eyes wearing a huge goateed smile on his face. And his five-year-old son, Sebastiano, hanging upside down from his arms. He's a hard-working farmer with clothes worn in, bleached by the sun, and stained from the fields. Ciao, ragazzi. Hey, guys, he says, like we've been here a hundred times before. I apologize for getting choked up on a side note. um, Giancarlo has passed away a few years ago, so it's it's a little hard to read this. Giancarlo's 11-year-old daughter, Marielena, in a tie-dye shirt, bounds down the steps, rounds the corner, and bursts into the living room. Kiche, who's here? The curious preteen asks, plopping onto the couch and changing the channel to Hannah Montana, dubbed into Italian. She bears an uncanny resemblance to the chubby little girl from Little Miss Sunshine and reminds me of my cousin Grace. All three sweet, spunky, and act their age. I instantly feel like I could adopt her as one of my cousins and spend time with her the way that I would with them. Makeovers, boy talk, being silly, and singing pop songs at the top of our lungs. Years later, I would sit in this very kitchen and teach her English lessons, with my cousin Grace sending her pen pal letters. We present our confection, and John Carlo invites us into the kitchen, where the tall blonde woman sits by the back door, finishing her cigarette. He introduces us to his wife, Jackie, the straight one of the pair, and she politely asks, Un café? Giancarlo quickly tidies up the kitchen table, sweeping away homework, balance sheets, and a few crayons. Sitting at the table, there is an uncomfortable... Sitting at the table, there is a comfortability we have not yet felt with the other neighbors. It could have been the warm fire or the sugo slowly bubbling on the stove or the familiar sound of bickering siblings. It all felt so comfortable. You must come to dinner at Valpietro. This is my family's restaurant at the end of the road to town. We happily accept Giancarlo's invitation, eager to meet the rest of the family. The Moki name is famous in these parts. They are the big fish in a small pond. For generations, they've owned land and had a strong political influence. No rich industrialist here. Everyone does it the hard way, piece by piece. Piero Moki, the father of three, now retired, spends his day quietly surveying the fields. Paula, their only daughter, is the saint of the family and referred to as the sister of Piobaco. She has truly a kind heart. Giorgio is the oldest, the aforementioned mayor and quote-unquote ladies' man. He exudes confidence, sharply dressed. There's no doubt he is a slick politician. Giorgio lets his younger brother Giancarlo tend to the fields. He can't dirty his hands with such provincial work. The mayor is busy keeping the mean streets of Piobaco clean. Giancarlo is easygoing and laid back. I've seen him on more than one occasion leisurely driving his riding lawnmower into town. He's more interested in the soccer scores than political polling. If Paula is known as the sister to the village, Maria Moki, their mother, is surely the matriarch. She's poised and calm, loving and warm, and like her children, bubbly and charismatic. Like most families in the area, they have wet their beak in a little bit of everything. A little farmland, a couple hundred cows, real estate property, solar panels, and a family-run restaurant that everyone pulls a shift. One day, little Sebastiano, the youngest of four grandkids, with the exact same mop of wild hair as his father, will be in charge of the entire estate. The, invitation began, the invitations began to pour in for dinner, with neighbors including one from our Italian teacher, from neighbors including one from our Italian teacher in town, a retired French professor named Rosalba, who doesn't speak a lick of English, making lessons very difficult at times. She patiently taught Jason the very local peasant recipe for passatelli brodo, little dumplings and broth, in her apartment one afternoon after class. I think the time spent in her tiny kitchen we learned more than we ever did from the library classes below the comune city hall, conjugating verbs. She would gossip about village politics and explain proper etiquette in touchy situations, like where to find flowers for a funeral. "'Rosalva felt protective of us. "'She would make friendly banter with Fushiani "'about how he's overcharging us poor children, "'and perhaps we could make a better contract. <laughs> "'Never having children on her own, "'I think she savored the idea of helping teach us "'not only Italian, but the Italian village life, "'and which was very important to us. "'Plus, since we were so new in town, "'she liked to brag a bit to the other ladies "'how well she knew the mysterious Itali- Americans. "'Of course I know them.' I know them. (laughs) Have you not met the Americans yet? Oh, that's too bad. We're friends. I've had them over for dinner and teach them Italian. Well, I can tell you they're very sweet. You should really meet them. It's amazing what they're doing. And do you know what they're paying in rent? All right. The next summary is the learning curve. We'll do that and end there. The learning curve. We constantly butchered the language, but hey, at least we're trying, right? Our Italian lessons in New York never prepared us for running a business, plumbing, negotiating, bartering, or even pumping gas. I would get bits and pieces of sentences and look to Jason, hoping he's understood more than me. Because in that whole conversation, I got green, tree, and something about Wednesday. Pulling up to the ad a- jeep petrol station just outside urbana next to the garden shop jason confidently rolls down his window and tells the friendly italian guest attendant who looks more like a soccer coach to fill it up See, si, piano per favore what jason actually said was yes slowly please <laughs> the attendant is too nice to correct the jovial american instead he smiles starts to pump and ask how our day is and where we're headed on this beautiful brisk morning it's the difference between piano and piano. With a single slip of the letter, the word changes meaning completely. And in a quaint, local family-run restaurant here in La Marque, I didn't realize a dish from Rome would be so exotic or taboo. I ordered a salad called Puntarella, but I asked and said for Puntinesca, requesting a whore with my steak. You should have seen the waiter's face. However, not all language blunders are bad. When Megan inadvertently translated chocolate fondante to mean Nutella, we created a delicious mistake with, Nutella, with a chocolate Nutella walnut cake. Now that most of the inside of the house is cleaned, I can focus on promoting the business. I sit for days at the local cafes with Wi-Fi, alternating between the closest three, depending on who's open, who's strong, who brews a stronger cafe, and if it's afternoon or evening, which bar has the best snacks. Jason would drop me off since I couldn't drive stick and I worked for hours on end beginning my grassroots marketing blitz for our inn and cooking school, as well as the region as a whole. I always knew if we were going to make our business, we would have to help grow the region and educate tourists that we were... Not only what there was to do here, but what there was to do in the rest of the region. Hell, most Italians don't even know where Lamarque is. How can you expect an American? Especially when they think Tuscany is one big city in central Italy. While Megan and Jason chop and restack wood or grocery shop, I zone out at the computer, blogging, sharing local recipes, pitching stories about our move to magazines, hitting Facebook and Twitter hard. With no budget for publicity, I find creative ways to spread word about our little slice of paradise. The hard part was that with the little to no internet at our house, everything had to be done in town, at least 12 kilometers down the road. It was important to use my time wisely. People wondered what I was possibly doing online for so long, trying to upload photos on TripAdvisor at dial-up speed. Thank God they served good wine, because at times it made you want to poke your eyes out. And with that, I hired to learn patience. Communication, no phone line, shoddy internet, cell reception at best and only available by the pool. I had always been our Achilles heel of doing business. I wanted high-speed internet, my fingertips at home. I could have stayed in New York. Sure, at times it drives me crazy. That communication in the countryside is like having a tin can on a string, but we knew moving here we'd have to take the good with the bad. I swallow my multitasking pride, and just like the interconnection, I slow down, enjoy my wine, and wait for the page to load. I could bore you with never-ending anecdotes of waiting in line at the post office or for the technico technician that never shows, or the lack of customer service when the customer service hotline for NL, the state-run agency, but I won't. Here's the deal: you can beat your head against the wall, frustrating and fuming, comparing it to how it was back home, or even worse, making a fuss and trying to change the system. Instead, all you can accept it, all you can do is accept it, roll with the punches, and bring a book with you to the post office. I just realized I think I read part of that in one of the other recent chapters so I apologize. The next podcast will be featuring chapters from Porqueta Passion chapter 10. All right, thanks so much for listening. Have a great day. Ciao ciao.
0: Sentire media.
2: Hey podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Centiti Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy, and we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy.